Hello and welcome back to another episode of Less Than 10. Today's episode 15, and uh, I'm joined today with my co-host Blood. Say hi, Blood. Hey, guys. Awesome to be back. Uh, I'm really excited about last episode and all the feedback we got, and hopefully we have another good episode lined up today. And it's going to be pretty good, I think. Today we're joined by a name most people recognize, and it's also his birthday today. Uh, so uh, welcome to the, the show, Chesser. Hey, guys. Uh... Thanks so much for having me. Uh, really a pleasure. Before we uh, get going on on our guest, we'll talk a little bit about what we've been up to in game. Um, so for myself, uh, I've had more more of the same for egging capitals with Volta, and then I I did some a couple of good uh, small gang roams. The first was in a dual prop dual rep stabber fleet issue, which uh, ended up dying without any kills. But I had a couple engagements, made some escapes. I was roaming low sec. And I ended up coming at, taking a fight against a uh, Draugr and a Slicer, and then a Vedmac came in. So my thoughts were that I could frag the Slicer really quickly and then kind of get out if I had to, if if more came in. But uh, the the Draugr was RR fit, and the Slicer was fairly tanky. So even though I pushed him pretty deep, he uh, the, the reps from the Draugr kind of kept him up. So it was pretty discouraging, but uh, that's okay. I, I pretty much had to take the fight because I was roaming for like an hour without anything. Uh, and then other than that, I mean, uh, Blood and I did a fleet with uh, with the new filaments, did a yeet fleet, and that was super fun, but I'll probably let Blood talk about that. And then uh, then I've been doing a bunch of gambling. So yeah, that's that's my e-violates. Yeah, I've been staying away from the hypernet just as a course of principle on my own half uh but yeah we did a fleet with the filaments where we just kind of zipped around to different parts of nullsec and it was really cool is through discord um and so we encourage people to use the like looking for fleet or looking for rome uh channel that's in there just as a way to meet up but basically we just met up in jita and then it was we had six characters so we used a cupid filament which can do a max of 10 and we had like i don't know six of them or so and uh, we just started off by activating one. It shot us somewhere into Null. We roamed for you know 15, 20 minutes or whatever until uh, we we either the timer went up, which was 15 minutes before you can use another filament, or until we you know if we got in a fight until our aggression went down, and then we just lit another one and went somewhere else in Nullsec. And uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. Unfortunately, like none of the fights that we provoked really turned into much. Um, but it, it was just like an hour and a half of roaming around with chill dudes. And so I want to say thanks to the three guys that came along and uh, really had fun and just kind of also got to hang out and chat with some of the listeners and stuff and just talk about content and small gang and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it was really, really fun and enjoyable, uh, pretty chill roaming time. How about you, Chester? You got anything you've been up to in game lately? Uh, not really. I, uh, I keep up with Eve here and there. I don't really have a lot of time to play. Um, ironically though, I actually had a run in with Volta on a rogue kill. Um, so it looks like I've been roaming with Volta too, but I, I've been noticing that you guys have been slaying caps left, right, and center. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. They're like so hyper organized on all those, those cap fleets. Like 
in EU, they run a lot of Legion fleets, Legion Proats. That's, yep, that's what I saw. Yeah. 70 dudes in a T3 <laughs> fleet is uh, pretty scary. Oh, dude, yeah, it's pretty fun. The US time zone has slightly fewer people, so we usually run Ickies just to have the damage to punch through bigger targets, but both are super fun comps. Uh, so we have a sponsor today, guys. So uh, this the following message is, is from them, so enjoy. Mouth Trumpet Calvary is recruiting. They go fast, so fast, like unbelievably fast. They have the eighth best ships in EVE Online. They double click in space the best. Also, they have free NOs, free all day, every day, every of the days. Join MCAV public chat and apply today. Yeah, so I was in MCAV for like two-ish months before I joined Cronus Ritual. They're bunch of really good dudes um i definitely enjoyed my time with them and uh, very like social uh, atmosphere there they live in a c5 c5 or at least they did when i was involved with them and so the only reason i left really was i was looking for a little bit more null focused action um but yeah they're good dudes they kind of they meme a bit with inyos and have have good time yeah for sure i saw they killed the next the other day too uh it's on reddit seriously yeah yeah oh yeah. wow nice yeah good for them so yeah, we'll get right into the show poll results. Uh, been a couple episodes since we've had the show poll. So this one, uh, we have all-time record of 44 votes. And the question was, has the work of Team Talos positively changed your opinion on the development of EVE? And uh, pretty overwhelming, 63.6% said yes, but CCP still has a way to go before I'm overly positive. And that's followed up by the, the overly positive uh, result of uh, 25% saying, yeah, EVE development is in a great spot and I'm excited for the future. And then about 10% of our voters were, were on the negative side, kind of split saying, nope, Talos Schmalos, and I'm just waiting for CCP to exit like other dev teams in the past. Where do you guys stand on this? Um, so I think I can break my NDA now for sure. But um, back when I was doing AT stuff, I remember having a number of conversations kind of regarding this stuff with uh, some CCP devs, Rise included. And I think it's a great step. But the reason why I don't think it was done earlier is because, you know, CCP wants to put dev time into areas that will show an increase in the PCU and revenue. And I'd think that a lot of people coming into EVE aren't worried about these types of balance problems, um, which is why I don't think it had been done um, so frequently in the first place. All that being said, uh, Team Talos is definitely a step in the right direction, but um, I think I would be uh, remiss not to mention that the balancing department in EVE, when compared to any other game, is... Uh, how do I put this, like, glacial at best? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm cautiously optimistic. I feel like I've had this opinion on other things in the past of, like, blackout and sign of changes and stuff, where I, I think, you know, the evidence that we've seen so far is is good and beneficial. It's just a matter of, um, you know, I'm concerned about how long that'll exist. And I think we even addressed some of that in the conversation with Rise on our last episode, which was really good. And I, I thought that was super beneficial to get to talk with him openly about a lot of those things. Um, and, you know, in our last episode, he even said like their, that their team isn't immune to those same problems that they've had in the past. But some of the structure changes, like some of the structural changes within their team is kind of focused on making it 
more um more uh like agile within within the ability to work on different projects so yeah like i i'm i definitely fit in that category of that i i think it's good but i'm not overly optimistic or like super super excited it's kind of one of those things where uh wait and see and see what the game looks like in six months or a year (laughs) to really see if the results are there for for at least for our play style so yeah. yeah, I I think that's a good take on it. I think it's from when you look at a perspective of all the different ecosystems that exist in Eve, it's like nigh impossible to balance Eve in a way that all of that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, I think from a balancing perspective, just in general, when you take all that into account, I think the the uh, the ability for you to look at metrics. I don't care what metrics you look at, but any metrics at all, and make any reasonable sense of um, what ships are overpowered and what ships are not, depending on the setting that said ship is used in, is a difficult task. You know, in the past, I know CCP has been really big into looking at just raw usage stats or total damage done, which I think that both of those options are horrendous. Um, but it's least it's something. Um, so I definitely don't envy Team Talos, but um, you know, I think. I think the biggest like takeaway that I think Team Talos is going to have is with CCP players, sorry, CCP devs now being allowed to play the game and actually interact with real players. Maybe it'll have more of a, it'll it'll feel more connected and more grassroots than some of the other changes we've seen in the past, like blackout coming out of left field for no reason, or you know some other types of changes where you just shake your head and go, what? <laughs> I think hopefully that Talos will eliminate that the most. Yeah, I also think like coupled with their change in in how they make changes saying like, well, let's make more drastic changes or changes more aggressively and then uh, come back and iterate if required. Like, I think that's a better model than in the past. It seems they just like were so slow to make changes. They they really tried to think through everything and make the most, you know, most sense change in their mind. But quite often, maybe what made sense in their mind, you know, Eve players just break it or the next best thing becomes instantly powerful again, whatever. So I, I think the more frequent changes caters more to a, the smarter players where they can frequently stay ahead of that meta. And and uh, I think, I don't know, I, I just think it caters better to, to smart players and small gang counts in that, right? So hopefully we start seeing more and more rapid ship balance changes as well. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's, uh, let's get on to kind of like why we asked to talk to you. Um, Chester, you're kind of an, a notable personality within the small gang community, but for those outside of the small gang community or those who are maybe like newer players, um, I kind of wanted to talk to you just about your background within EVE. Um, when did you start playing EVE? Uh, I started playing in twenty or 2009, I think. Okay, so like, yeah, for almost 10 years. <laughs> so I, I think kind of pointing out that you're you're a veteran player is n- no not a stretch by any means. Uh, sure. And then, yeah, and then you, I first found you and your content through your YouTube videos, which were on a lot of different topics. But I remember specifically like the archetype videos um, and and probably also like a, a slicer video um a really kind of focused on educational content um 
do you do you feel like that's like one of your your main kind of pieces that you've added to the community or are there other uh things that you've done that you are really proud of um i think the thing that i'm most proud about is all of the reddit memes that have spawned uh from chesser i think honestly that's i have so much i had so much fun with that uh aspect and just like listening to uh you know the copy pastas and all of that stuff i really love that the most um like for me personally i think from a game point of view the game won't remember that i'll remember that the most um but yeah maybe i uh i don't keep up on my youtube channel um i don't know if anything i even talk about is still the like bleeding edge relevant like it was when i originally made the videos um but i would probably agree i guess those videos are probably my that and or like my my really salty flamey uh at commentary it's between one of those two of the mark i left see i i remember reading your blog before you were like a notable person in eve like confessions of a stealth bomber killer because you kind of started out in pvp as a solo stealth bomber pilot right just creeping around jumping on people like before you got into nano is that correct uh yeah you're right i um started reading in one of my really really boring classes gen eds i took in undergrad i started reading this i forgot i can't even remember the name of the author but he talked about doing what i did and he kind of made a like a really rough blueprint for me and so i kind of copied what he did and i took it up like a, a level or two and like chesserized it but i essentially just copied what he did after reading his entire blog like three times and uh like i did that for a while actually and i found a great enjoyment in it yeah, yeah, I, I kind of liked, like, I, back then I was a big blog reader, and uh, I definitely enjoyed yours, much akin to the Cloaky Bastard blog of, of like, you know, not recent, but more recent than yours. But, uh, yeah, th those type of cloaky gameplay and stuff like that was always interesting to me. But you 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 talk about yourself or or the character Tresser almost in third person, so, like, why is that? It's, it, you know, Tresser seems to always have this, uh, like, bad boy, don't give a fuck, feather hard, you know, die fast kind of mentality and, and character to it. Um, is that kind of how you are in real life? Because in all your like in person, you know, you mentioned your AT commentary, are you kind of playing that role or what do you have to say about that? Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, are there elements of me in Chesser? Absolutely. But there's a reason why I sold the character just because I think I had with that type of personality and that type of like play style, I had done everything I wanted to do. I had accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. And if I ever really come back to this game in any meaningful way, it wouldn't be ever again as a Chesser type of character. I would be, I would probably be someone else. I'd do something else because the whole point for me of playing an MMO game or like going into an online community where, you know, everyone starts out equal with an Ibis and no isk is to experience what it would be like to basically be a different personality than I am in real life. And I think that's a lot of fun. How about you, Blood? Are you <laughs> are you the same in real life as your Eve character? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> to an extent, but like, yeah, I, I kind of feel that mentality. Like the reason I created the character Blood Ruin was because I, I wanted some a character name that was easy for people to remember and pronounce. And the other was I wanted something where if someone saw that character in local, they would associate a specific um, rapport or like 
you know, they, they would recognize that name and they would say, oh, I have fought that person before and they are good or bad or whatever the, the case may be as I went through that process. So like, yeah, I kind of, I, I can understand that. Um, I think the memes, like you brought those up and those are also like one of the things I remember about that, like that experience is like the slicer memes and like uh, people calling like, chesser the prince of slicers <laughs> kind of like a lot of people make fun of like or or bring up like kestrels related to suetonia you know it's it's really funny um to to look back at that as well and wasn't like wasn't the top tier team thing yours as well like uh wasn't there something about the, the i can't remember what exactly what it was that yeah. top tier was a corporation right no, no. I mean, it was top tier was made afterwards as like an homage to it. But at AT, I think I savaged. I don't know if it was test or like TNT. I don't know what it was. And I'm just like, they just don't have like the same mechanical or uh, theory crafting pedigree that a top tier team has, blah, blah, blah. And that spawned a huge thread. <laughs> and yeah, there we go. So now top tier is uh, the meme. Gotcha. So like, what was doing AT commentary like? Because you, you also were part of multiple AT teams, correct? Before you I did was. commentary? Okay. Yes. And what teams were you involved with? Uh, I was involved with Team Liquid's team. Um, and then after flying with Team Liquid, I went pretty much solely into Hydra. And those kind of like sub corporations slash like that like banner of players um i was never like the master theory crafter or anything like that i was just someone who would fly a certain types of ships in certain types of gangs gotcha and um and then you did commentary that was was that the year that warlords of the deep one which was the, the same people from the hydra team they were just in warlords of the deep at the time correct yes Yes, I, I, I did uh, two years of commentary, and one year, yes, uh, they won, and then the next year I cast it, and Tuskers won. Gotcha. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I was like, I remembered, just from my experience, like, watching, I remembered the year that Warlords won, and that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we've kind of established, like, not only are you this notable personality, but you have a very firm grasp of mechanics and... Um, you've, you've been experienced in a lot of these different things. Um, what I kind of wanted to talk about a few months ago, was it when you you sold the character Chesser and kind of like what prompted that decision? Yeah, uh, it was more than a few months. I think we're over a year at this point. Um, oh, wow. So, okay. Time yeah, it's been a, by. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Um, so what prompted the decision is a multifactorial. Um, the first is uh you know real life and what i'm doing in real life requires the majority of my time and eve is definitely not even on the first four burners not even close uh so that was the first reason um the second reason was uh with at dying and the the entire persona of chesser and the entire elitist like snobbery like i'm better than you you subhuman piece of garbage uh like no longer needed to catapult my like i guess i should say like notoriety um into like spotlights that needed to die um because it i don't think it served a purpose anymore and then the third thing is i 
uh, was just tired of Eve. I mean, everyone burns out once in a while, but I definitely did. But I'm still burned out. Like, I still don't. Even if I have a chance to play a video game right now, I generally don't turn to Eve right away at all. Um, just because the the playstyle that I grew up with, you know, for almost ten years now, uh, is has has become. I don't know how do I say this? It's it's become dead almost in a sense, just because there are so few groups doing it, uh, and the bar to entry is so high that it's like this kind of like um you know just like that like moldy like piece of cheese in the back of your fridge like it's still there but everyone's kind of forgotten about it yeah i think smoking has gotten neglected or it's and and like you said that bar that barrier to entry has grown a lot more it's kind of like unless you're flying kind of the min maxed ships like you know orthrises or retributions then it can be really challenging um and also like i don't know I, I try to look at for instance last night when we when i we did our like fleet roam we essentially covered like five regions and in that time like there there was clusters of very fortified nullsec groups right that that's what we were encountering and it's hard to kind of lay that up against back, I don't know, five years ago, roaming around in like a cruiser and, and seeing people just traveling through space and and then being able to pick fights in that way. There's just not as much incentive to actually move around or or to have people kind of like defending their space in that sense. Yeah, you look at like, it's not necessarily game changes have been targeting eliminating smogging or making it harder i think it's more like the the meta that's developed among nullsec groups like empire builders and the changes that force them into that meta just discourage uh like you know good small gang gameplay right I, it, it's uh i think it's been like i think the worst point was like a year ago or so um you know, since then we've seen quite a few changes like nerfs to capital application and things like that, like the, you know, the drummy nerf, the, uh, the sino changes, like all these things, they're starting to compound to get a bit of a ball rolling in the right direction, but we definitely need more. But uh, I, I don't know, it's a tough one, right? Like, it, it's so easy to look back at videos from like the 2011, 2012, 2013 era, and you're just like, man, I would kill for that opportunity now. Like I'd kill to just find these people like on a gate moving around or, or looking to fight or whatever they're doing. Right. You don't really see that anymore. I mean, that's true, but it's, it's, it's not just a small gang thing back in the 2012, 2013 days, like people didn't know how to fit their ships. The third party programs that people have now and these huge swaths of null set controlled by essentially one or two entities with very streamlined ways of how to play and what to do didn't exist so that wild wild west kind of you know style that you're talking about like from the garmination videos if you watch or some of the early um big micro videos even um you see that and um or like even endless subversions stuff like you, you see this and I, I i think that that era will be gone forever um because of the age of eve and the type of people who would now play it if south korea or uh had or like china or something had like a you know didn't have serenity or you know uh south korea came in in huge droves you maybe hypothetically could see it again but i doubt it 
So you think it's kind of like this progression of the player base just as well, kind of getting better and getting more refined at finding resources and, and being more effective at, at the game? I do, because YouTube exists and yeah. all these other guides exist that didn't really exist in... Well, first, definitely when you first came out, YouTube did not exist. Uh, but YouTube content in general and content creators and just the, the huge sea of data that's out there now didn't exist. And it took a long time for it to build up. Um, but yeah, I'd say that in conjunction with just the changing philosophy, not only of CCP, but of the flare bases moved Eve in a direction that you can never come back from. I yeah, think I think I think that was really the crux of what caused me to leave is like I felt that the philosophy of my fellow pilots and the philosophy of CCP had changed so much that it wasn't the game that I originally started playing. It wasn't the game that I like really fell in love with. It's kind of brutal. <laughs> like I I hadn't thought about it in the the sense of like the player base really adapting. Like I always kind of took the approach of mechanics and stuff and yeah, that that's much harder to I think correct or change or grow from. Um, I think you can apply that same principle to other aspects of the game too. Like you look at like mid-scale PvP, look at Pandemic Legion, a group that used to just shred uh larger fleets with, you know, fleets half the size or um Rooks and Kings, right? Like Rooks and Kings was the same. They were using these tactics like the Napox with triage, right? Like doesn't sound too crazy, but at the time you know, it was it was on the bleeding edge of of being resourceful, right? So, the, I was just going to say the groups they were fighting, uh, you know, were nowhere near as organized as the even the most basic fleets now in Nullsec, right? So, yeah, it's kind of the same idea, just upscale, right? And the other big thing to take away is that the amount of like don't like let me let me full preface at the time PL and what especially what RNK did the mechanics the communication you know, the fitting, the tactical choices were immense, but, but all of those groups, myself included, and what we do, you need, there's a huge ISK barrier. And when that ISK barrier starts getting eroded, like it, the AT is a perfect example. Like can a, an incredible frigate pilot or an incredible Logi pilot pull out victories? Absolutely. But the, the, uh, the, I guess what I'm trying to say is the the difference that excellent perfected piloting makes against like uh, ISK values that are roughly equal in a like a sub cap type of setting it it shrinks like to a level where if both people have roughly the same skill with roughly the same ISK it really comes down to a game of inches or millimeters if that and a lot of the things that you see rnk pl and a lot of things in my videos are well is not only do you see exceptional piloting and tactics used but there's also an isk barrier as well that definitely boosts it even further and over time as a player base gets richer gets more intelligent that all starts eroding yeah for sure and and it's such a delicate balance when you're talking about things like fighting outnumbered you know you look at videos of like uh, Mr. Hyde and Big Miker back in the day fighting at incredible odds, you know, always using crystals and like blingy battleships and things. But now that that gameplay style, like that crystal battleship type style is all but dead. The only person doing anything like that with any notoriety is Lucy Liu. And he uses things like the DD gated complexes and things like that to avoid you know, getting absolutely blobbed and, and hot dropped, right? So 
just the capital prevalence and, and everything like that has kind of killed that completely off. At least with Nano, you can get away when you're brawling. You're you're stuck. Yeah, I was gonna say, you're like, done. what do you think the f the fixes or potential fixes could be, or are there any? I know, like, when we we're just we we're talking about some different topics before, like you and me, we kind of you had mentioned thoughts on things like EHP versus tank, and like how that has kind of grown in comparison to DPS and time to kill, like tank and EHP have grown at a more substantial rate, whereas like time to kill and stuff haven't, haven't kept up. Like your DPS hasn't also gone up in a lot of cases. And so you, you end up with this situation where like, it's just harder to kill things, um, you know, for the same amount of EHP to DPS or like, yeah, is is that kind of like something you think might end up resulting in kind of more, you know, by bringing EHP down, that would make those scaled situations like more enjoyable, or would would make you know provide potential solutions, or I don't know. Like I'm trying to spitball. Like what? How do we? How do we like move forward? And... I think I think just a good question <laughs> to ask would be. What does a successful small gang ecosystem look like in modern Eve compared to like we've talked about the past? Let's talk about moving forward. Where do we have to get to to have a good, you know, fun, uh, like drawing people into it ecosystem for small gang? Like, what are some things that would have to be accomplished for that? I think in order to have or to answer that question, I think the discussion needs to be made about, you know, just to lay the ground rules of the discussion, which would be, you know, what is the end goal of Eve? Like, why are three of us spending our time making a podcast about Eve? And I think it's all because we like Eve. We like the idea of Eve, even though it's unique in our own minds of what it could or should be. And we all want Eve to grow, to become more popular and to like Eve forever. And I think that's what everyone putting time into the game probably wants at the end of the day. How they want to get there is different. But from a CCP's point of view, and really that's the point that's the only point of view to consider is how do you, how does this how does a, a vibrant and varied small gang meta and or gameplay style impact the bottom line? And this is where it comes back to the philosophy of the game. If you can get gamers to come and play a game that has been a long, or sorry, been around as long as Eve, and somehow change their idea of it's just spreadsheets and space and everything happens very slowly and it takes forever and it's very boring and go join P Horde and that's the end of it. If you can somehow change that perception of what Eve is, if you can somehow shift the focus between one huge ass fight that call that gets PC gamer to put an intern to write four paragraphs in PC, you know, gaming mag versus you know creating uh, creating a game in an environment where you don't have to click a thumbs up did you enjoy your time playing eve but you know getting people more involved every day in smaller groups instead of this waiting for this theoretical large battle i think that this this fetishization of these massive fights which are done in crushing lag which no one talks about really and really is the brainchild of just a few select extremely intelligent FCs at the top of the null power blocks making these calls. Those those fights for a long time are what CCP and a lot of the player base, you know, 
like 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 I said before, it completely fetishizes and tries to market massively because when those things happen, you see a huge spike in the interest of Eve. You see a huge spike in people like, oh my god, yes, this game, holy shit, this is this is awesome. Let me get in this. But then all these people and all this interests, you know, gets funneled into an ibis at the new player experience, and then people find out, oh wait a minute, these big ass battles don't happen all the time, and this is my day to day, and my and I, I think not not just mine, but I think a lot of the people that fly small gang would make the argument that if you took a year of Eve and you looked at how many players are involved in one of these big, you know, like jack off like masturbatory battles, versus if you took a really vibrant small gang meta and you looked at how many people were involved over the course of a year, my money would be on more people would be involved more regularly in meaningful fights in a vibrant small gang meta than they would waiting for a fake war to start or, you know, another BTEC R to roll around. And I think until CCP and or the player base at large starts to see the worth in making the day-to-day more interesting, then any discussion about ship balance or dromies or sirens or NSAs or Sinos pools is really kind of a moot point, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm I, sorry. I, I really, I really got on my soapbox there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. I, I entirely agree with you. I mean, it's one thing to, to say like it's very common in Eve to you know you hop on comms and you see your buddies online. It's like, what are you guys up to? Oh, we're just you know playing this other game because it's accessible and easy to get into. And there's something to say for a game that you want to like that you engage with every day where it, it becomes habit, right? In a game like Eve where you can still essentially play it without playing it for a week or two or, or, or even more at a time, um, it's really easy to put down. Um, WoW Classic comes out and it's really easy for everyone to just jump over. You know, people who are on the fence, it's it's easy for them to just decommit from Eve for a little bit, you know? Um, and, and I think it's attributed to largely what you said, how most of the gameplay styles are are kind of a, you know, as long as you have your isk in your ships, you don't really need much else in, in the large meta. You wait for action to happen, action that is being planned and, you know, the chess pieces are being moved by their people. So, you know, there should absolutely be that playstyle in Eve. I'm not saying there shouldn't, but having it expanded so there's more opportunity for other playstyles definitely would, would, in my opinion, lead to a more successful Eve and CCP. I think it's very telling to show, um, I cannot remember this FC's name, and that's actually unfortunate, but there was a guy who was kicked from Goons recently trying to, like, drum up some content just using, like, throwaway dreads from what I recall. And he yeah, got that was Pittsburgh. That was Pittsburgh. Okay, him. Yeah, right, right, right. And the most interesting thing to happen, I think, in a long time is Pittsburgh still having a spy and then using uh, in goons and then using that Sino chain to basically get 250 bill worth of Roguewells dead to dreads. That's awesome. But things like that happen once in a goddamn blue moon. And it's never going to happen again for a long time. And the people that were involved in that, I'm not saying that that's the level that we need to aim for, like that many people, that much isk, but. What I'm saying is, I bet you that all the Titans that jumped in, the Roquels that got bubbled, I mean, yeah, some people lost shit, some people like had great time blowing shit up, but I bet you it was probably more interesting than our last two months of Eve. Yeah, absolutely. It, it It's kind of like that uh, butterfly effect thing, right? Like, it just seems like exactly. there's not that many butterflies around. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Um, uh, Farrell, you mentioned, you know, how Eve just plays on in the background, and 
again, I go back to saying if it takes like, so I remember making a year ago, I made right before I quit, I tried to make a few threads to really like test the water. Um, but being under the Chesser persona and not, uh, not realizing how horrible the Chesser persona is at trying to make meaningful change in Eve, those threads were horribly received. Um, like Rokewall balance, all that stuff. And so many people in those threads would say, well, how can your 10-man gang expect to kill a capital ship, XYZ? And I'm not trying to argue semantics. I'm never going to argue that five frigates should be able to kill a Rokewall, maybe given a forever time, sure. But that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is if the barrier to entry to make meaningful change happen is 50 to 70 players, then every time you log on after work and there's 49 or 32 players, then you're like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to go do something else. And if people can't see the problem with that, then, you know, I would, I would ask them to look at their own playing habits. You know, how often do you have the Mandalorian on and you're watching that when there isn't, you know, that critical mass of people online or a, a ping going out or how often like you mentioned how often do you play wild classic and ask yourself is that really good for eve is that really what we want eve to be because we've fed into the narrative of these massive fights this huge null block coalition and ccp's fed that monster to the point where during blackout mass log offs of bots and people living in that kind of cocoon of safety that they were used to caused CCP to immediately about face. It's gotten to a point in EVE where these types of players have stagnated the game to a point where everyone's kind of worried about EVE. Everyone would most likely say, oh yeah, the player count's going down a little bit or oh, it's not as in good of a place as it was. But no one wants to make a significant shift in the philosophy of the game. We're just riding it out. And that to me is really scary. Yeah, I think if you look at like trends uh, in the gaming industry, one of the big things is like instant gratification, right? When you're talking about like battle royales, you talk about mobile games, which CCP is investing into building a mobile game, right? And Eve Echoes, and and you look at those kinds of trends, and I feel like Small Gang is the opportunity for Eve to invest in instant gratification of of, of that kind, right? Where it's you don't have to wait three months for this big nullsec brawl instead by investing in that and and promoting that kind of play style you could have players getting in and within a week right they they log in and if, even if you only have like what 30 minutes an hour to, to go do something you could jump into content like these new filaments are you know if we have a more permanent version of these filaments or whatever you can jump into content go out pick a big you know pick a fight whatever and you can get that that challenge and that feedback and that gratification that all these other avenues you know that are really important currently in the gaming industry that are really emphasized are providing that these big massive scaled battles really don't provide right and and i think that's the the opportunity cost right is well you can keep feeding the the giant behemoth blob and then eventually those players leave and you're or you get this influx from one big battle but then they those those people who come in hoping for this fight hoping for you know to get involved in these wars or whatever they don't see the results of that because they're not getting that instant gratification they're looking for or you have like older players getting tired or, or what have you or leaving for whatever reason 
meanwhile, small gang is like the opportunity cost for instant gratification, right? <laughs> like, I I don't know. That's kind of like my takeaway there. I think is you can you can really focus in on promoting this high octane content that we enjoy. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, going back to your point of it's all about what CCP wants to get out of it, right? Like what what they want to to focus on and what they want the focus of the game to be. At the end of the day, it's like I said, it's the bottom line. If CCP makes the most money by catering to multiple Rokewall accounts and people who will buy skins for their avatar, then that's what it's going to be. Um, Team Talos gives me hope that maybe CCP or Prolobus is thinking that maybe they can do better than that. Um, but then again, maybe they're just thinking that Eve Echoes and the mobile games uh, in China, which are massive, um, are going to be the saving grace, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, like I said, I this is all theoretical, and I don't like talking just on theoretical crap because, I mean, what are you going to do? I think it's uh, poignant to note that when you bring up this easily accessible, like instant gratification com uh, content, you know, a lot of the small gang crews have that null sex static C2. And that is yeah. exactly what that's designed for. Same thing with Thera. You know, it's so nice that I can log on, get into, you know, my keep, have my entire hangar roll out, and then just, you know, rock and roll. But the barrier to entry to doing that is obscene. And having these new filaments completely changes that, and that's awesome. I think that if these filaments are a success, I honestly hope that CCP goes even a step further and brings like abyssal, arenal-based PvP. Like if that's where Eve needs to go, then that's where Eve needs to go. Like I don't care anymore. Like a, for example, three v three frigate abyssal PvP, where you can just take abyssal filaments into like three v three arenas with other people. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah. It I, we mentioned that recently on a show too, and, and talked with that a little bit, and and uh... yeah, and you can have different filaments that can that can shoehorn different metas in different areas, like T1 frigates only, or faction frigates only, or take anything you want. You know, I think that'd be a great way to keep it spicy. Mm -hmm. So let's get back to roaming a little bit, and this has kind of been something I've really been seeing a lot. So when CCB rises on the podcast. He interrupted me when I started talking about the ESS and said, like, my dude, you don't even need to mention it kind of thing. Like, he's already thinking about it. And again, it came up when we I was streaming last night in our filament roam, our, our Eat Fleet, um, the ESS came up again. Um, and, and I'm a huge believer in, in, like, essentially mandatory ESS that has to be anchored nowhere near structure, nowhere near an ANOM, like, on its own. And CCP... You know, CCP Rise was kind of some of his his conversations had the tone of promoting roaming with with some type of incentive. So let's kind of hypothesize on what we think could work and maybe what wouldn't work um, well, for that kind of aspect. Well, this goes back to EHP. Well, I mean, first of all, this should go all the way back to Near Two and all of the other third party programs that exist with local, like. To get to, to roaming in general, you want content, and the thing killing content the most is local. And you can't do blackout because the average null sec player, low sec player, and high sec player has gotten so used to basically complete safety uh, if they're actually at their computer and not going crazy over how cute Baby Yoda looks in The Mandalorian that 
unless they're like locked in a siege cycle, it's nigh impossible to catch someone at their computer. And until you see a local delay, I would say like 30 seconds, something like that, uh, it's going to be difficult to find content that way. Um, back in the day, the only other way to get content was to go and sit on an outpost. There were very few places that you could actually dock up in Nullsec. And if you would go sit on their outpost and camp it, suddenly people couldn't do anything. And that would force them to come out and fight. Um, and of course, the outpost didn't shoot you with a doom day or point you or nuke you or anything like that. Um, so those were like the two ways to get things done. Both of those things have been kind of taken away nowadays. Um, and that's unfortunate. And I think we're kind of too far gone to get back to an outpost-esque citadel right i think that ship has sailed but what if what if there was something else that you know uh essentially what you need to do is if there's incentive for you to stay and there's incentive for the the people in their space to push you out um you know maybe we could land at somewhere similar where where like hey your ess is storing 10 percent of the system's bounties for the last half a day or what whatever and it's being stolen so and, and i know a lot of people are saying like oh they're just going to put a recon on that grid and you know <laughs> sign a win on you yeah for sure but and there's probably balance changes that would need to be made in tandem but you know this goes back to my question of kind of what would a successful roaming meta look like if we could even get there right without without like making it sound too dark. <laughs> yeah, um, I think to bring rowing back into EVE, um, the major issue right now is the barrier to entry to just, if you want to go roam, the ships and the ISK and the knowledge that you need is so obscenely high that there there isn't a, a great a great way to get into it unless you happen to get in with a really tight group that can teach you and that's sad um this goes into like raw game balancing in general uh for example the power projection and the ease of movement of capital ships and the amount of ehp that those ships bring to the grid is ash is like jaw-droppingly insane uh, so that's the first problem. The second problem is projection of subcaps and capitals, but subcaps definitely. Uh, projection of ships in general is obscene as well. And these two factors push the small gang meta into like HG implanted, uh, pimped out, you know, ships or, you know, really, really brick tanked, pimped out, you know, T3C, stuff like that. And if you think that you can roam with any ability to do anything in something that isn't that, uh, good luck, my friend, because it's just it's going to be a long, painful road for you. Uh, I like I I kind of want to jump topics because there were two things that uh, we discussed that also I thought were really good things to talk about. The first was battleship lock time and how comparatively to like cruisers, it's it's actually just insanely hard to lock like a, a, a small ship, right? Like, um, and I think, do you feel like that's a big reason why battleships aren't really very viable or is it also like warp speed and, and other stuff? Cause I, I remember also watching videos of you flying like nightmares all over the place and like that and, and talking about big Micra earlier, right? Big Micra was flying nano battleships at all the time. And, 
what are the key factors keeping those ships out of the meta? Uh, well, roaming in EVE is really boring. Um, and going jump after jump after jump and seeing nothing or getting nothing is really boring. So the less time you spend doing all of those activities, the better. So you can already see where I'm going with this, but battleship align and warp speed is atrocious. So that's the first issue. The second issue is that uh, with the current proliferation and ease and transport of capital space vessels, battleships have a ton of predators all over the place, and they will get just basically volleyed off the field um, by that stuff with no counterplay. So that's the second problem. The third problem is battleship class hull, uh, with very, very few exceptions, doesn't bring the DPS or the EHP that uh, it needs to make it worth it. I say with few exceptions, one being, of course, the Leshak, but all trig ships are really good. Um, or the Mac, I guess, just for its speed and roaming. All other battleships, for the most part, are really, really bad. Um, the the issue is, is when you look at battleship DPS compared to like a hack uh, or a battlecruiser, it's really not that great. It's really not that much more. And if it is more, its ability to apply that damage is so lackluster on anything you find in the meta these days that it, I mean, on paper, it may have a higher number, but in game, it's its not nearly doing that amount of DPS. And then Blood brought up the lock speed and couple that with the lock speed situation and the era of the Ramjag. And you're dealing with a ship that is needs so much help and protection from everything and doesn't really bring anything to the gang to make it worthwhile. Like one one battleship in particular that I wish I've wished for so long that w it, it could be a thing, but you tried to make it a thing is the Nano Panther. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's one where its sensors are, its sensors are just like so bad it's unbelievable. The Nano Panther has a native sixty kilometer lock range, sixty. Yeah. Like it, it's so bad. One hundred and twenty six scanners, like and 60 kilometer lock range it and things like that they're so slow it takes like you mentioned the ramjag right i think tackle got faster and there's just like you can't even lock it before it get closes and gets a scram on you it's it's so i, I think the sensors on battleships would even that's just the sensors alone would make a huge difference yeah I, sorry in, go ahead in our conversation with rise at one point he did ask like what we thought about just cutting the speed of micro warp drives in half and while i was like at the moment right didn't really process but after the fact i was thinking okay how does that actually affect if both people are moving much slower and what that translates to is like it compensates for locking time to be extended right and so that was like one thing i, I thought of as a repercussion of cutting micro warp drive bonuses is just it, it kind of makes up for low box speeds, but at the same time, it, it wouldn't address things like capitals with an NSA being able to lock very quickly in comparison to a battleship, right? And and that kind of uh, those those two things not being comparable. It's it's not a scaling, uh, you know, linear kind of approach. I think that reducing micro warp drive speed by half is a horrible idea in the current meta. I just say that because. 
the projection that you see from ships and their ability and their ease and ability to apply damage at range means that if you cut down on NWD speed, frigates are just going to get turned into Swiss cheese pepper, like like just like pepper vaporized from you know 80 to 90 kilometers plus away from corms tengus i mean yeah, I gonna... oracles rlml ships serves like oh god yeah like one of the one of the main things you you do in a retribution isn't necessarily not getting caught it's the fact of when you start getting shot you are fast enough to pull away and get outside of point range and warp off like quickly but yeah or, or fast enough to negate via tracking right like yeah or or, or like missile damage and stuff so what if what if like let's keep spitballing on this like big sweeping change? What if uh, tracking was was reduced with weapons that apply better? Like what if uh, rapid lights were toned down and the Trigalian weapons were toned down on tracking and even everything else got a less substantial tracking nerf? What would that meta look like? I think that that's again the wrong way to go because frigates and small ships right now are the meta they are really op they are so good um that uh, taking away the ability of ships to be able to kill and or damage them at all is a huge issue and by making turrets track even worse uh that's going to be a, a huge problem so it's really like it seems like the solution is shorten damage projection and yes and and nerf small ships or is it to I think, buff big ships like what's the I, I i think for me i think small ships need to be they need to feel good um i hate afs i hate the idea of afs um i think a, a tough frig quote unquote it should never exist um they are here, so you just deal with it. I think that the main issue right now that Eve has is, and you brought it up earlier, Blood, was tank to to uh, slash EHP to like time to kill slash DPS. And if, for example, if um, you're looking at a brawling ship these days, like you know, look at like a quintessential brawler like the Deimos. You know, that ship puts out the same level of DPS as you know a gila does for the most part maybe a little more at times or here's my favorite one in enyo with you know light neutron blasters and antimatter does the exact same damage that a retribution does but the retribution does it from 29 kilometers so brawling to me is so pathetic that that's one huge thing that could change if you could have a big ship with scram web and if it scram webs your uh frigate and does like 1600 dps with high tracking blasters because it's a big ass ship and it's can only shoot you know 10k in front of its face that would be fine to me that would be cool you know but that isn't how it works um and i think that the amount of dps and raw damage that small ships can take these days on like straight burn-ins uh, and the amount of, and the speed that they travel, where the the one second polling time becomes kind of an issue of calculation and all that shit. I think that those two things compound into the meta we have now, and I think that the best way to fix that would be to reduce speed slightly, but also take EHP down and raw damage up. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, I think I, that's uh, really interesting. I think like out of my group of people that I'm, I talk the most with about Eve when the assault changes happened. The assault frigate changes happened where they nerfed the speed of all of them. 
uh, I was like one of the lone people being like, oh, I, I kind of like this actually. Like they were very dominant and yeah, I like applying the retreat, but you know, I, I, I like this change overall. And I think that kind of goes with the same theme of kind of what you're saying. Yeah. I think, um, I think that, like I said earlier, you know, balancing for every single ecosystem is really difficult to do. I don't think that, for the most part, AFC a huge use in nullsec, and tackle really doesn't exist for the most part in huge battles like light tackle. Um, so, when looking at frigates, you know, when you look at things like the jag or you look at things like the retribution in the setting of small gang, the fact that these ships exist and the fact that they're allowed to exist for so long is is troublesome um just like the kikimora like that ship the fact that it exists is really really troublesome and really worrisome you know um so this whole discussion of like small ships in general goes way back all the way to when they were starting to make t3ds like those ships again why did they have to exist because they owned the meta for a long long time and it's it's unfortunate that this is how small ships are. We were having a bunch of discussion on the Kiki the other day in our Discord. <laughs> Lots of discussion. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty good. I personally feel like the tracking is the most oppressive part of, of the Kiki, like the projection and tracking. Other than that, it's not too terrible to deal with, but it is very fast as well. But uh, the, the trig ships in general, their tracking is, is obscene. But yeah. uh, we, we, and we touched on that with Rise too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a refreshing conversation though, so far. I mean, uh, it definitely contrasts like our last episode with rise. And that's one of the reasons we want to have Chester on is, is, you know, he's one of these players that, that succeeded at Eve for a very long time. And then, uh, kind of faded into the shadows, not completely, but you know, it, the spotlight you were in before with, with Chester definitely stepped back from that. And, uh, I think your opinions, maybe not, you know, maybe not word for word, but your general opinions are one that CCP needs to take into account um, because there's more like you. There's a lot of small gangers who have kind of, you know, maybe compounding with real life, but a lot have quit. And, you know, there's, it, it's so hard to get into. It's easy to say that, yeah, when these other guys, other vets quit, like there's going to be new small gangers that, that kind of come in and fill those shoes, but I don't really know if there is. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think there's maybe like the little partial generation below, like me and the guys that I flew with. But every single person that I fly with is either not flying or is flying on a very, very limited basis now, and it's so sad because the the people that have come to like carry on the torch. I don't know if there's anyone below that generation. I just. And that's so sad. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm an optimist. So us starting this podcast, that's one of our goals, right, is to try and promote small gang and and get people into it. And maybe interviewing people that have kind of quit um, seems like it's contrary to that. But, you know, it, I, I we feel like it's important to showcase uh the good and the bad, you know, as long as we're being constructive, it, I think it's a good thing, things that need to be discussed. Like, yeah, I think it's also another medium of communication, right? Because, for instance, we as small gangers, I don't feel like 
we necessarily have great representation on CSM or, or whatever the avenue may be, but the idea that we can get someone in and, and talk to somebody like this, right? And that those those viewpoints, those uh, perspectives can can end up in front of someone at CCP, I feel like is good. Um, the fact that we were able to talk to Rise and, and have some of these conversations, the fact like being able to talk with Suetonia, who's like extremely knowledgeable and has been involved in CSM, like some of those conversations, hey, they're also like super cool for me and Pharaoh as players because, you know, like we, we have looked up to a lot of you guys <laughs> and learned a lot from you guys. Um, but then it's also be like, okay, if we can get this out there to, to people who are listening, to people who have, you know, ability to make decisions or, or to, you know, if someone on CSM is listening and can, can promote these perspectives to CCP or developers, like that's super cool. Right. And and that's kind of how that that tying in of talking to, to someone who has stepped away from the game ties into promoting a small gang in the long term. Um, but yeah, uh, like my my last question for you is is pretty important. Um, and as we kind of wrap up, I'm really curious when CCP will get their shit together and put out a Chesser Edition Slicer skin. I feel like that's pretty high up on the list of, of things that should be done. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, the proceeds can go to uh, my huge school loan debt, and I would appreciate that. <laughs> I think Chesser, the character, would have nothing less, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty good all right guys well let's kind of wrap up on this and and you know i just want to kind of put this out there that we're talking very directly about game changes we would like to see but um you know we're not game developers and we're not telling ccp how to fix their game our goal is to talk about it uh so that other people will talk about it and it's being thought of um so it's on people's minds it's it's out there right you know don't take what we're saying as you know just take it as a grain of salt because although you know we have different experience levels and uh, a lot of us have been playing for a long time you know we aren't game devs so just keep that in mind don't flame us for sounding negative and saying do this ccp that's not the message we're trying to get across so yeah with that we'll just kind of move into shout outs and uh mine is going to go to uh my buddy andy astronaut who joined us on our roam yesterday the filament roam but uh, he's was our first Discord mod, so he's he's mod status, and we're not we're not about filtering people, not that kind of mod. More just because I'm too lazy to like set up Discord bots and make Discord work how it should, since we're nearing 200 people now. Um, so yeah, man, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the time you're putting in. So shout out to Andy, thank you. Yeah, I'll shout out the the three guys that came on the room with us. And Pharaoh, you might have to help me with one of the names, but it was Andy. Uh, Mac and the last guy, I can't remember his name. He was in the carries, and unfortunately, he died to a really a brutal gate camp. But uh, those three dudes were really cool. It was, it was awesome to just hang out. Never flown with any of the three of them before, but had a really just chill hour and a half of roaming. Um, so I really appreciated them taking the time to come hang out with me and Feral. I, I thought that was really cool. 
uh, I guess my shout out is I, I got home drunk and decided to stream Eve. I think I'll do it once a year. And uh, all the people that came in to the uh, stream and memed with me, and we actually got a fight. Uh, that was that was pretty that was pretty nice. So uh, shout out to all of you, ladies and gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Nice. Looking forward to the annual Chesser stream. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, with that, just remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's how you use it. That's the best fucking sign off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the motion in the ocean, baby. <laughs>